Pittsburgh Steel fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steel's War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that puts you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Brandon Hunt, uh, Rooney II, and really all the Steelers front office uh, as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond. Well, we're in 2022 and that roster's starting to take, um, well, I would love to say starting to take shape, but, you know, certainly the efforts to shape the roster are starting to happen. And, you know, you're seeing players now really all cleared out and Juju said goodbye, he's obligatory goodbye post. Maybe he's actually gone. Um, by the time this goes to air, I know in, um, for me today, I heard the news that he'd sort of been with Dak Prescott at a press conference of some kind. Um, but really, on today's show, we're not going to talk so much about free agency. We're going to talk more around some of these college players. Um, there's obviously a lot of events that have happened this week. Um, as well, there was the NFLPA college game. Uh, I'm about halfway through transparently. I've had a pretty big work week, um, which means that I haven't been able to get through all of it. I'm about halfway through that game. It's been a bit of an interesting one to see some of the players there. Um, but of course, when this is going to live to air, to air today, um, we've got the East West Shrine Bowl coming up um, later today. And also, uh, we've also got, you know, the Reese Senior Bowl happening uh, over, over the weekend as well. So lots of stuff um, happening in the college college game. And these are really like some of the key milestones uh, in the college process to, toward the NFL draft. And, and from here, obviously, you know, we start looking at pro days and combines um, and all the rest of it as we head into the draft. So this is really a chance for players to stand out. Um, you know, it's going to be, you know, quarterback in a draft like this where there's no probably clear standout. You know, some people are saying Willis was this clear standout so far. Others say, you know, Pickett's done really, really well, uh, you know, equally. I've seen others that think that as a passer, um, you know, which is the mock on him, uh, but my favorite guy in the draft from quarterback position, Carson Strong. Um, you know, he's he's the one that's performing at the senior bowl so far. Again, a lot of things come into the favoritism here of who you who the players you like are, who what you take into account is being key. Now the Steelers have met with most of those quarterbacks that I mentioned. And so really today's title of the show, as you're obviously seeing, clicking on it is Hey Now, you're a college all-star, get seen. And this is a chance to get seen. This is a chance to get noticed. And between the East West Shrine Bowl. Um, that we've got, and then the Reese's Senior Bowl, which is obviously focused on players in their senior seasons, you're going to get a really good snapshot of some of the best players in college football. But I thought I'd do something a bit different before I preview these games and some players to watch. There are 12 players that really would have made a difference uh, in this draft process. And now a couple of them are going to be new names to some people. A couple of them are going to be like, really? But I've basically put together my top 12 returners for 2022. Um, and so you've got Jackson Kirkland, um, offensive tackle out of Washington. He suffered an injury. He would have been really interesting. He would have probably been a third to fourth round pick. Uh, I liked him at the Steelers in the fourth, uh, but he suffered an injury. He wants to go back. Smart decision from him. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty loaded tackle class. He probably wasn't one of the top guys. This allows him to get right and allows him not to slip in the draft. No worries. Uh, I'd go back. You know, I can understand him wanting to go back. The next guy is Nolan Smith, linebacker Georgia. I think that's interesting for him to go back um, there. But, you know, they've obviously got known to Kobe Dean. He plays more on the edge anyway, uh, from my understanding. Uh, and so 
Interesting to see you got Nolan, Nolan Smith going back. Now, Spencer Rattler, everyone knew he was going back, but he transferred to South Carolina, but he's in this sort of top 12. Um, then you've got Jack Campbell, uh, linebacker out of Iowa. He's going back too. I think some people would really thought he would have come out in this draft. But again, it's quite a linebacker-rich draft. Maybe it's better for him uh, and his future in the NFL um, you know, to do that. Jordan Battle, the defensive back, really safety for Alabama. He's going back. Uh, which is interesting because I would have thought he would have been one of the top sort of safeties, but I think he wants to go back and improve his draft stock. You've got Will McDonald, uh, defensive end out of Iowa State. He's going back as well. Grayson McCall, quarterback out of Coastal Carolina. Now, he, I think, is in the transfer portal as well. And a lot of people are like, this is crazy because the Coastal Carolina's offense is really there to fit what he does. Um, so I think this is an interesting play. Now, obviously, again, there's no consensus quarterback here, but he was definitely in a second or like definitely maybe probably a third to a fourth tier outside of these guys. He goes back and shows a chance to improve, maybe he develops or tries the Kenny Pickett approach um, to raising his draft stock. Then you've got Henry. Um, I'm going to get his name wrong. Toto to- uh, from Alabama, the linebacker. Now, he would have been an interesting pick. He was mocked to the Steelers in some drafts. Um, that were publicized in social, not just social media, but some media articles. I saw him there. Um, the draft network had him at the Steelers in the third, I think it was the fourth round they had him. Um, interesting he's going back. But again, he gets a chance to really improve his draft stock. Owen Papo um, or Poe from Auburn, he's going back. Interesting there. You may see a transfer with him, I, I get the feeling. Sam Hartman, a quarterback I've talked about from Wake Forest, uh, he is also. Uh, returning uh, to Wake Forest, who lost obviously to Kenny Pickett, um, Pitt, and then that was one of the favorite things. It was the final game that uh, Kenny Pickett played, and that got them the ACC championship game, not the bowl. Um, Riley Moss goes back to Iowa, defensive back, and Phil Yerkovich, quarterback, Boston College. He's someone that I've, I've seen different people talk about. Would he be a fit with the Steelers? I don't mind Phil Yerkovich. I've talked about him on this show um, as well. Since um, you know, going back, I think we talked about him in October, uh, and definitely talked about him when we were doing some of the quarterbacks to watch in the first few weeks of the college season. Uh, but he didn't have great numbers, he was coming off an injury. I'm not surprised he goes back. Uh, I think he's only in his second year in college, anyway. Um, so or third year in college, so I think. You know, that makes sense. Boost your draft stock, come out, get a good year under you. Uh, he'll do pretty well. And if the Steelers don't go draft a quarterback in this draft, let's say they don't do it. He's a name that I'd love, you know, that you really should watch um, next year when it comes to college football. Boston College, smart guy, um, you know, if he's keeping up the grades to stay in there. So that's 12 returners. Now I said, hey, now you're a college all-star, get seen. Well, those guys are going to get seen next year. So let's move on from those. So... The, I guess let's start off with the East West Shrine Bowl. Um, that's that's sort of happening first, uh, you know. And so there's some interesting players that I think if you're a Steelers fan, you're sitting there and you're probably going, "Well, who do I watch in this game? Like, does it really matter? Does it really affect me who wins?" No, it probably doesn't affect you who wins in some ways. Um, but what I do think affects this is really what are how the players uh, going to play. And so, I say, I, I've looked up, uh, I've reviewed this roster, I've been listening to different um, takes on some of the findings each day uh, from a few different draft specialist, uh, you know, sort of sites and what have you. Um, 
listening to some of the other podcasts I listen to from outside behind the steel curtain because that's how, you know, I really get some of these picks. And I would also say the players that I'm going to talk about too, um, particularly when we get the senior bowl, Andrew Bulbar's got a really good article of like 10 players to watch on behindthesteelcurtain.com, um, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. So go ahead, check that out. He and I have a bit of overlap. He and I like talking about a lot of players um, in the BTC Slack channel, uh, but he... He's also got some different players than I do as well, um, you know, and that's great. You know, it's great to have a diversity of what what people think, um, you know, there. But the first one I want to, the first player I'll preview will be from the east, east uh, side of the East West Shrine Bowl, and that's Kyle Phillips, wide receiver, 5'11", 186 pounds uh, out of UCLA. Uh, you know, Draft Network have him there as about a second uh, second round pick or well, second round value is probably the better way to say it. Uh, prospect comparison is Armin Rasen Brown, uh, who we know played with the Detroit Lions. Uh, had a pretty good, I think, he had a pretty decent rookie season considering all things going over there um, in Detroit. But he's someone that really seems to be rising up, um, you know, through some of through some of the rankings that you're really seeing. He's a guy that's really come on uh, with UCLA. Uh, they had an interesting start to the season. Um, there, let's say, you know. He's, he's one of the fastest. He's one of the faster guys um, that you're seeing too. This year, he had 739 yards, uh, 10 touchdowns, pretty good. That's his best production year from a yardage and a touchdown perspective. Uh, didn't do anything in the rushing game this year. Has done previously. Um, so, yeah, so, so that's that gives you one player. The next one is Jakari Robeson. I'm so glad that you're going to get to see him in the East West Shrine Bowl. Uh, he's someone that I really like. Uh, people that know this show. He's one of the first guys I previewed, um, you know, going back into September, October. Uh, really excited by Jakari Robeson and, and what he can deliver at the wide receiver position. Now, he was one of the main targets uh, for Sam Hartman, uh, the quarterback there. And he's a player that like, can really actually quite stretch the field. And, and I think that that's something that if we're the Steelers, you know, and this guy right now, some, if you do a mock draft, I think in Pro Football Network, he's like something like 300 and something. PFF, um, you know, actually, no, Pro Football Network, I think he's like 500 and something. PFF is like 300 and something. And then if you go to the Drive Network, I think they've got him at like 239. He's available at the end of the second. I think we've got to pick fairly late in the sixth round um, or early the seventh. Maybe trade back in with the next year pick. I, I really I like, I mean, obviously I'm a fan of this guy. I really like him, but why not? The guy's got two, two, 2,158 yards in four years in college. The biggest year was this year uh, with 1,078, eight TDs um, there, like from 71 receptions. He's, like, I, I really like the guy. I think when you watch the tape, he stretches the field. Um, and so, you know, why not? Um, he was top 10 yards from scrimmage in 2020. Uh, within the ACC, um, you know, number eight in for number second uh, in 2020 for touchdowns, number four for touchdowns in the ACC this year with with eight. Like he's a, he's proven performance for me, and and if you, he's available late, I really like him. But hopefully, he can do a bit in this game in the East West Shrine Bowl. Now, uh, then you've got Myron Cunningham, offensive lineman out of Arkansas, six foot five, two hundred twenty three pounds. He's a guy that like really like, now here's a guy, uh, but no, he's a, he's a sort of a guy that. Some people got him in the third round. Some people got him in the fifth round. I think he's more that fifth six. Um, you know, considering like you think Trey Smith from Cincinnati got drafted that late, uh, but 
I think it's also due to the school that he plays for uh, and where they're sitting and where their you know pedigree's been the last few years. But what I would say with him, which is interesting, is I think this is the sort of game you could see his draft stock elevate. So he's an offensive lineman. Um, so if you're looking out at him, he's number 75 on the East team. Then you've got Lucas Kroll. Uh, Lucas Kroll there out of Pittsburgh, tight end. Now, I haven't really watched a lot of Lucas Kroll, I've got to say. Um, Kroll, sorry. But I've seen him shift up some draft boards. Uh, and I think that's interesting. And, and, you know, he played in Florida for two years and then he went over to Pitt. Uh, he had 451 yards this year, 38 receptions, six TDs, a uh, bit of a bit of a target there for Kenny Pickett then in the red zone, um, average of 11.9 yards. You know, interesting there. I mean, in Florida, um, he even chucked a couple of passes back then, which is interesting. Um, but six foot five, 254 pounds, Kenny Block, we'll see, uh, 87th. Um, at number 87, sorry. So interested to see what he can do uh, in this game. And, and can he rise his draft stock up as well? Uh, you know, that's that's an interesting thing to see from that perspective. I've got another tight end uh, from the east side, uh, Deese, Derek Deese Jr., uh, three years in college, 730 yards last year, uh, 15.5-yard average, four TDs. That was his most productive year so far. Uh, there. So again, what's he going to do in this game? Uh, he's number 89. He's six foot three, 236 pounds. So he's more of that receiving style threat. Um, again, if you have any of these, 235, 236 pounds, six foot three. Uh, so he's a bit more like Kyle Pitts sort of style, um, but obviously not those measurables and that athleticism. You then go to Ellis Brooks. I think Ellis Brooks out of Penn State. So he's going to be someone that's familiar with a few. I, again, it, it's hard when you're an Aussie. Um, there's only so many games you can we get down under. Uh, but Ellis Brooks is someone that seems to be there, available in the fourth to the sixth round in a lot of mock drafts. He's someone that seems to be roughly ranked around there as well. It's a quite a deep linebacker draft. There's a few other linebackers that I, I kind of prefer. Uh, he had, you know, 100 tackles uh, this year three and a half for a loss, one sack. So he's not he's not going to be a premier guy, but is he a depth piece? Now, this is the other thing is where the Steelers have deficiencies, is it smart to get a guy like Ellis Brooks when you've got a Buddy Johnson sitting there? Interesting to say, but again, if he's a guy that's sitting there late, uh, yeah, in fifth or sixth round, maybe the Steelers know him, maybe they've seen a bit of him. Uh, but I'm keen to see what he does this week uh, against some really good competition in the uh, East West Rumble. Then you've got Sean Jolly out of App State. He, you know, any of the mock drafts or rankings, he's sitting there pretty late, you know, fifth and sixth round. Um, he's an older player um, as well. Well, not really, but I mean, he's got these three years. But I feel like, I feel, he's four years sorry, in the league, um, but I feel like, in the college, but I feel like he he just seems to have been around. And I think probably it's more because people thought he was going to offer the draft last year and then he didn't. Um, had five interceptions in 2019, none in 2021, one in uh, 2021, couple of, couple of tackles uh, this year as well, 26 tackles, uh, no sacks, no forced fumbles, played in eight games. Uh, so I, I think he's going to be a really late pick for some, and it's probably seventh round or later really uh, where it's sitting now for him. It's, he's kind of one that you almost expected to go back potentially. But I know App State had a lot of super seniors this year. So, you know, they're going to have a big turnover in teams. So then he probably wouldn't go in the transfer portal. Maybe it's just time to come out for the draft um, there. Then you got Matt uh, Henningsen 
our uh, defensive lineman out of Wisconsin. Now, he's interesting from my perspective uh, because you haven't seen a lot on him. Um, really, I think when, when you look at some of the other players, Wisconsin have been a little bit disappointing the last few years. He had 34 total tackles this year, three and a half sacks, six tackles for a loss. Again, is this a guy that fits for the Steelers? It's hard to say. He's six foot three, two hundred ninety-one pounds. Um, you know, he's probably has to put on a little bit of weight there for the Steelers. But if you're not going to bring a guy like Wormley back, is there de- is, is he a depth piece? Let's see how he can show up this week um, from that perspective. Then you got Thomas Booker. Now, by all accounts, he apparently looks massive and is in absolutely prime condition. Uh, the Shrine Ball that was really noted from some guys that I follow um, with the Draft Network, and you know. It's interesting because you see his name float around. He's 6'4", 310 pounds out of Stanford. Uh, he had 59 tackles uh, this past season, five for a loss, one sack. His most productive year was in 2019 where he had eight and a half tackles for a loss and four sacks. Um, again, but apparently he's been blown past the alignment. So we should see what he can do. Uh, then you've got LeBarian Ray, uh, defensive lineman, who's a guy that seemed to have a lot of support a couple of years back he had some better years then. And then since, um, he sort of dialed it back a little bit. So I think he's had these five years there as a senior um, now coming out. Uh, three tackles for a loss last season, one sack, uh, 11 tackles in 11 games. Not particularly great there. Season um, high of two and a half sacks in 2018, six tackles for a loss. He's a guy that's like considered an undrafted free agent. If you look at some of the rankings and, you know, big boards and mock drafts and all the rest of it. Uh, but I'm interested to see how he stacks up. Uh, I see him as some real value there late. If the Steelers haven't picked a defensive line, then uh, he's a big bloke, obviously at six foot five, 295 pounds. Um, you know, that's according to sports reference. I've seen other numbers that have him at six, four and 293 pounds. Uh, I think the 293, six, four is probably a bit more accurate. Um, but yeah, you should see, can he show up this week? Can he increase things? And the next player you've got is Brock Purdy, six foot, uh, 212 pound quarterback. Look, Brock Purdy is someone that some, ex- some people expected to come on. He's a particular type of player. I don't really want to see a guy like Brock Purdy with the Steelers, but I think he's a guy that slips. And if they're keeping Mason, he's just a guy they bring in for depth. You know, he had 3,188 yards, uh, this season, he had 19 TDs, eight interceptions. That's pretty high. Um, you know, in 2019, was his career high with 3,900 yards, just 18 yards short of 4,000. Actually, 27 TDs, nine interceptions, three to one ratio. He's got a, he's someone that can probably only improve his draft stock really uh, there. Then you've got uh, Ty Chandler, the running back out of North Dakota. Um, and Ty Chandler is someone that I think, He's interesting because he was sat behind, obviously, Javante Williams, who went pretty high in the draft last year um, in that second round uh, to the Denver Broncos this year. He had a, went over 1,000 yards for 13 TDs, an average of six yards per rush, uh, 15 receptions for 216 yards, average of 14.41 TD. Um, I think he's someone who can prove, again, he's, like, still is running back. There was a really good article that we all put out Behind the steel curtain, I didn't contribute because a few people had said what I uh, was probably going to put in there. And so there was no point repeating myself. But I think he's a guy, he transferred from Tennessee over North Carolina with Javante Williams leaving. I think he did really well there, better system for him. If he's available in the fourth or the fifth, do you take him? Do you 
get some more depth behind Najee. Um, we obviously need to be a run team if you are only keep if you are planning on starting Mason. Um, and is that an improvement on smell, smell and uh Bellage? Probably. Uh but most still fans probably think I'm gonna need another running back. We can find one somewhere else, don't waste a draft pick. Just saying if he's sitting there, he could be an interesting pick. Then you've got Keontae Ingram out of USC, 5'11", 210. Uh, he's another running back we could consider. Then you've got Cordell Volson. Now, in the first war room of the season, I actually he was the, one of the players that we previewed. So he's a tackle out of North Dakota State, obviously with Trey Lance coming out of there and Dylan Radmunds last time. He's kind of gone under the radar, and, and I think it's a lot to do with the fact of, you know, them not having a, a crazy quarterback like a Wentz or a Lance. Uh, they you know, didn't play many games last year. And and so he's someone's probably sipped off a lot of radars. Apparently this week at these West Shrine Bowl practices, he's also been lining up guard, which he's done only a handful of times in a handful of games uh, for North Dakota State. But he did play a bit of it in school. And apparently people are very happy with what he was actually in the drills doing better at guard. That versatility is interesting. I have him as someone I regularly mock in the sixth or the seventh. He's someone I've been high on for a long time. I'm surprised he's going to be there that late. And the East West Shrine Bowl could be a place where he improves his draft stock. But in the fifth round, if we've gone in other positions early, he's he's a guy that can really stack up. He's a big guy. He's got the size. Um, you know, interesting to see what he can potentially do and how he can show up. Show up. You've also got. Luke Wattenberg out of Washington, 6'4", 293 pounds. I think he's sort of the people saying he'll play center at the uh, the NFL level. Interesting to see what he could do. I think he was a, he was the player. It was him or Jared Patterson out of Notre Dame that were noted as um, the only people that could really stop Thomas Booker um, in the first few days of drills at East West, East West Shrine Bowl. So that's kind of interesting. Um, but, you know, is he someone that might be might look good uh, as a depth piece there at center? A lot of people are not keen on uh, Kenyon Green. So not Kenyon Green. Uh, I mean, a lot of people can on Kenyon Green. I'm, uh, Kendrick Green, I should say. And so uh, the next guy from the east side of things, and then we'll quickly run through the west, and then I'll go to a break before we do St. Lisa senior bowl. It is Jelani Woods, tight end 6'6", 259 pounds out of Virginia. He's someone that I knew a lot of, a bit about um, or I was keen to watch going the college season, and then he just slipped off my radar. Uh, he's a big guy, like six foot six, two hundred fifty nine pounds. He's a massive, massive body. Apparently, up, up close, I'm out of Virginia. There, tight end. Like, it's just. I think it's interesting with with Jelani Woods. Um, some I've seen some people listing at six seven and two hundred seventy five pounds. Somewhere he's fit somewhere in that that you know in between there. Uh, this year, you know, when he was playing wide receiver more so before, and this year they actually, well, that's where he's listed now, he's listed tight end. He had uh, 598 yards this year, 44 receptions, eight TDs, uh, pretty interesting there. He had one rush for one yard. Uh, the year before he had five rushes for an average five yards. Um, not a lot of production before now, but if you teach this guy to block, Mike Dolch, can you imagine him in free move? Um, so I'm interested to see what he can do. I, I can see another team, um, you know, potentially getting him, but it is an interesting one there in, uh, in Jelani Woods. Uh, so they're the guys to watch East West Shrine Bowl, and uh, we should see to see how they uh, how they perform. So we're going to take a break here on Steelers One. Join me for part two. We're going to look at Reese's Senior Bowl. 
Uh, we'll look at some players there. That's probably the bigger game uh, that's on most people's radar. So excited to be able to do that. Some really cool players there. So yeah, stay tuned for part two. Back on Steel's War Room. I'm your host this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Brandon Hunt, uh, R. Running the second, and the rest of the Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond as we chase that seventh Lombardi trophy to sit at the uh, pinnacle, at the hierarchy, at the top of the NFL ladder uh, there for the most Super Bowls. So we're sick of sitting there with the pesky Patriots. Kind of like Carol Baskin, aren't I? Um, but uh, here we're sitting, in, and so I want to talk about the recent senior bowl. And obviously, there's the American and national teams. Now, I talked about some players that have been invited to the recent senior bowl probably about four or five weeks ago now uh, on the show, and some players to watch then. I did it early on because I thought it was interesting to see how it shift and other people to accept invites and all the rest of it. So. We're going to run through these players uh, that I think are really worth watching and taking stock of. I'll give you my thoughts about whether I think they're a clear fit for the Steelers. A lot of these guys are on my big board. I'm producing a Steelers big board that I'm going to try and get out in the next week um, in different capacities. I'm just playing with some of the rankings for some of them. Um, you know, And it's interesting to see guys. I started it a couple of weeks ago, um, about, about 10 days ago. And it's interesting to see how many guys from the East West Shrine Bowl are in there. Um, you know, guys like that, Matt, Matt Henningsen that I mentioned, and just to see how some guys are rocketing up and down different charts, particularly now. Also, you take, and I'm going to have, we've got to take some players out now. You've got those returners as well that we mentioned, um, returners to college at the start of the show. But before I go, before I go through the names, it's interesting. We're going to put, we're going to talk about five linebackers, five wide receivers, two tight ends, seven O linemen, six cornerbacks, one fullback eight defensive linemen slash defensive ends, one running back, three quarterbacks, and one safety. Interesting there because I think for a lot of people, Steels do need to fix that run defense for the linebackers. We do need wide receivers. That room is going to look very different. I want Juju back. Like everyone else, I wanted Juju back the whole season. I've been saying that. More people are jumping on it. Um, yeah, do what you can. Some people don't want him at $8 million. I think he's the leadership at eight. Think about six plus two. Um, there maybe a six and a half plus one and a half. Uh, but I think we need that stability for him. Um, seven O lineman, you know, interesting there with what the Steelers need to do at the O line and get better there. Cornerback, we've got to get better there. Um, we're going to need some depth minimum, but we need some future starters, not just relying on Hayden and maybe Akello wants more money than where the Steelers front office is prepared to pay him. Uh, one fullback, you'll know why. I was talking about him a couple of weeks back as well on uh, one of the shows. Um, as well I'm in the BTC Slack channel and you, you'll see why when I mention him. Most people, some of you probably even have guessed it. Uh, and then one running back, as I said, three quarterbacks and one safety. So let's get into it. Uh, stop stop with the mucking around that. Um, but interesting, the majority of these players are more on the American side of things than the, uh, in terms of the different teams rather than the national side. 
So the players I want to talk about first, uh, like we'll talk about from the American side of things, is linebacker Jojo Doman out of Nebraska. Now, he had some really interesting red zone interceptions. I think he's a guy that's going to slip back. I think he's a guy that might be available in your fourth round. So if linebackers are not in, you know, the top three rounds of priority for the Steelers, maybe he's a guy that offers some value there. Um, you know, I haven't been able to watch a lot of his tape. I'm going to try and get that. Nebraska is a pretty hard uni for us to get cover- covered down here um, in Australia. But from everything I read about him, he's definitely, um, you know, more on that sort of faster hybrid safety kind of style, still definitely very much a linebacker, but a little bit more closer to that than, a you know, Vinny Bitovici. Um, and that would make sense with those three interceptions. The next guy is uh, Greg Dulich out of UCLA. He had like a three touchdown game to kick off the college season. I mean, it was like in week two or three, I think it was. Um, started off really well. I mean, should just see him purely because I feel like he started off well and there was a bit of talk about him and then he dropped back. Um, with Greg Dulwich there. And I I don't think tight end is a key need for the Steelers, but I don't see the point in bringing back, um, bringing back Ebron. And I feel like, particularly if you are starting Mason or you are bringing a rookie quarterback, improving the depth in that tight end room outside of Gentry would be really helpful. I don't think Raiders are the guy. Um, and Dulwich had 725 yards uh, this season, five TDs, an average of 17.3, 42 receptions. Like he's a proven guy, six foot three, 245 pounds. Um, it's interesting. I'd love to see him measuring at six four, um, but we'll see. Perhaps Fabian Thomas time as anyway he's measured in. Um, then you have uh, Luke Fortner out of Kentucky. I think he's an interesting player uh, there. I think he's an interior O lineman. Want to see what he, how he plays. Uh, I know Kentucky got, you know, definitely had some fans this year in terms of what they were doing across the board um, in their draft stock. Then you've got Mario Goodrich out of Clemson. Um, he's someone that, again, like you could see him sitting there in the fourth if there's not a run on cornerbacks. And it, it all goes back to this piece um, about where, like where do the Steelers value and in what position? And look, I prefer to go late between four and six on cornerback unless there's a really top, top guy available there. And one of those guys we'll mention um, in a moment on this. But unless there's a top, top guy there when you're picking in the first and second, I kind of think wait a bit because I think cornerback is one of those positions that you can fill in free agency and get better kind of instantly through doing that. Um, so that, that'd that be one of the key pieces I'd say there. Uh, but he had two interceptions this year, two interceptions last year, uh, 42 tackles this year. Uh, from defense, it's hard because you don't get the advanced defense through sports reference, which is like the college version of pro football reference. And PFF grades can be so limited. Like I prefer to go deeper into those ones um, for us to assess that. Then you've got the fullback, Conan Hayward out of Michigan State. Come on. They got to draft him in the seventh or the or as a UDFA if they like him. Apparently, the Steelers talk to him. Um, and I'd actually, most of these players that I'm telling you about, I'd actually put together before that, all the, the today, my time. So Wednesday, your time, in, if you're listening in the US, um, that a lot of these the Steelers met with this player, the Steelers met with that player. I'd actually done the prep for this week's show. Um, I told Bad what I was going to do, Brian Anthony Davis, um, on Sunday, what I wanted to preview, and I've been putting some of this piece pieces together for a little while. So, but anyway, Connor Hayward there, he's had a pretty decent season from everything I've seen. Uh, Cam Hayward went up there in one of the, the Steelers' um, later breaks that season when they had a, a bigger gap between games. Be pretty cool. 
But is that'd be re- really interesting, wouldn't it? Can the Steelers have two fullback brothers on the team? Because you, you've got Watt and then you'd have Haywood. Uh, maybe they use him as an H-back role. Maybe that fits what Canada wants to do. Mission to say I was used in the Senior Bowl uh, later today by the time this airs. Then you got Jermaine Johnson. And so uh, Jermaine Johnson there um, out of Florida State. Now, he's ranked number 20 in Daniel Jeremiah's first top 50 uh, draft prospects. Um, he had heaps of edge rushes, like more than 20 in there. Uh, but interesting there for Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. I don't think he's someone that the Steelers necessarily is going to be there when the Steelers probably want to be looking at edge rush or anything like it. But he's a guy to watch. Um, again, if he drops, would you, would you say no? And that's the interesting thing. Then you go to Darren Kennard, offensive lineman out of Kentucky. Uh, tackle, probably, probably a right tackle. I really like this guy. I want to see him in the third round to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He'll be number 65 in this game on the American side of things. I really like Darren Kennard. Have done for a while. For whatever. I just I like what I've seen on the little bit that I've been able to get watch of him. Um, I think he'll be there. I think he allows you to go, you know, linebacker or quarterback and, and cornerback and some sort of combination of those in the first um, two rounds. Some people may be calling me stupid when they don't want a cornerback in the first round. I don't. I think the Steelers need to grow up from that. Or people need to grow up that the Steelers can't draft a cornerback. Um, then you got Federer and Mathis. Uh, he's ranked number 37 out of Alabama defensive lineman. Again, he's, this guy's available in the third. Maybe you grab him. Um, Cade Mays out of Tennessee, offensive lineman. I, I want to see. I'm so interested to see where this guy goes. Uh, maybe he's a late third. Maybe he's an early fourth. Maybe he's a fifth round pick. This is a really important game for a guy like this to improve his draft stock around or two. Um, not necessarily do I really want to see him on the Steelers, but I think he's a guy to watch because you're going to see the name move around. Then you got Roger McCreary, who's probably going to be one of the first cornerbacks taken off the board in this year's draft. Um, McCreary's out at Auburn. Heard an interview with him recently on the Draft Network. Really good guy, really down-to-earth, really level-headed, uh, ranked 45 out of Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah's top 50. Um, Probably one of the top quarterbacks, cornerbacks in this draft. Some people worry about his size. I really like him. Um, and, you know, I know Shannon likes him. Apparently, he looked really good in the, the training on Wednesday um, as well. So that's cool. Then you got a Max Mitchell, uh, offensive lineman, really a tackle out of Louisiana. We previewed him on this show in the first couple of weeks of the season, uh, season 2022. We previewed him as one to watch when we were talking about him. We talked about Kennard. We compared a couple of players there at tackle with some PFF grades. Um, I, I, don't, I like Max Mitchell. He's available in the fourth. Um, so interesting to see there. But, I mean, when you've got a top 50 rank with Daniel Jeremiah, you're probably going a lot sooner than that. But maybe he's a guy that fits the steals in the second. If they do go linebacker, cornerback, um, or quarterback uh, in the uh, in the first round. Then you got Carl Phillips, um, who we mentioned with the East West Shrine Bowl. He's learned to play in Senior Bowl as well. Is this their uh, wide receiver? Watch him, see what he can do. Then you got uh, John Ridgeway out of Arkansas, defensive lineman. He's a guy I've been wanting to catch all season. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some work on him before the draft, so we'll talk about him on this show. Um, I've asked a few other people. People are like, oh, you don't get to see enough of him. I mean, I watched Arkansas dominate my Texas Longhorns in week two or three or whatever it was of the season. Um, but his name keeps popping up. He's probably a fourth round, third round, um, where he'll get drafted. Who knows? Maybe he's worth more than that. Um, but interesting to see there. He's number 98 on the American side of things. You've also got Brian Robinson Jr., 
Um, a bit more of a Najee style back out of Alabama. Some people see him anywhere between the second and the fourth round. Again, do you back up Najee with him? Do you just basically get, you know, Najee um, light, if you like, um, with him? Maybe, maybe not. You know, I like the idea of a change of pace back uh, there. But, you know, interesting there with Brian Robinson Jr. Watch, watch him. Um, he's a player I could see maybe the Browns want to back up if they're not going to bring back, you know, Hunt. Um, but he's a guy that I think is going to do well once he gets to the right NFL team. Then you've got two cornerbacks in uh, Alonte Taylor out of Tennessee and Britt, Cam Britt Taylor out of Nebraska. Uh, Britt Taylor and um, Taylor, Alonte Taylor, guys that, that are currently on a lot of boards and mock drafts in there and they're at like the fifth round. Um, and so interesting to see, I think, Taylor Britt's a bit bigger than he's in over six foot. I think he might be six to six two. Um, interesting to see there. You've got Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver out of South Alabama, ranked 43 out of Jeremiah's top um, top 50. Jalen Tolbert's someone that seems to have really stuck there um, as one of the sort of top 10 wide receivers uh, in this draft. Uh, he had 82 receptions this year for 1,474 yards, an average of 18, eight touchdowns. He had eight touchdowns the year before, over 1,000 yards the year before, and 64 receptions in 2020. So, yeah, he's a proven performer, uh, four years in college football. Um, so, yeah, that's that's uh, a toll bit there. Then you go Trey Turner, Virginia Tech wide receiver. He's someone that I've started to see really in that uh, track up in the boards. He's TRE instead of TRAI, like the offensive lineman that we have this year in the Steelers. Um, so, interesting to see what he can do as well. You got Malik Willis, ranked number 35. Some people think he's now the top quarterback in this draft. Steelers apparently spoke to him. Steelers spoke to four, like five different quarterbacks. Okay, get over it. Um, interested to see there. I don't I just I personally just don't think he's going to be available at number 20. I think the hype train on mobile quarterbacks means he's not. People are not going to end up passing like they did on Lamar. Um, and then you've got Devontae Wyatt, who we've talked about on this show out of Georgia. I think we talked about him in early December um, and one to watch. And then we went deep dived into him before the, um, before the game, before the national championship game, the week before college football playoff. Uh, and he's ranked 38 out of um, Daniel Jeremiah's top 50. So that's the American side of things. Moving over to the national team. There's a few players I really like here. Darren Beavers out of Cincinnati, linebacker. I think he's a really good fit the Steelers, third, fourth round. Um probably value there when I think about where our fits are and what our needs are. Uh, then you've got Kobe Bryant, cornerback, um, C-O-B-Y, not uh, C-K-O-B-E, uh, Cincinnati. Um, I thought he had a pretty decent season. Obviously, Ahmad Gardner is the the top sort of prospect cornerback out of Cincinnati, but this is a guy that's probably available in the third, fourth round as well. He offers some value there. Then you've got Arnold Abikete from um, Abikite. I think it is from Penn State, defensive lineman ranked 24 in Dan Jeremiah's mock draft. I put him on there because he's going to be a really good guy to watch, uh, but not mock draft, uh, top 50 prospects, I should say. Yeah, I put him here because he's going to be a really fun guy to watch, but he's not going to be available when the Steelers, you know, are probably picking an edge or defensive rusher. Um, then you've got Daniel Falele. I've talked about him with Mark on some of Mark, Mark, obviously my co-host, Mark Davidson of Steelers Touchdown on some of his Steel Nation Australia um, YouTube shows. And we briefly brought him up on TDU as well. He's an Aussie. He's six foot nine. 
Um, some it was 420 pounds last year in sorry in 2020. It was like 385 or something this year. Perhaps he can lose a little bit more. Um, but he's a big guy. That's a lot of weight distributed across six nine. He's massive. He's there in the second. He seems to be improving in his draft stock. I mean, like when I read through some of the assessments of him on a few different draft sites, some of it's like this, a little bit of this could be improved, a little bit of that can be improved, but he's just so big that no one stands a chance almost. Now that's going to be different at the NFL level, but he's he's got a lot of advantages. And we saw what the sheer, that sort of sheer size does with like, you know, what with Alejandro doing a waiver um, was able to do with the Steelers. Then you got Logan Hall. Uh, as well out of Houston defensive lineman. I want to watch a bit more of him, but he's ranked 49 on Daniel Jeremiah's top 50. He's a guy that I've asked, you know, been sort of monitoring for a while and he's been on my list. Um, so can he show up in this game? I'm looking for him to show up. Then you got Zion Johnson, who apparently said that he really, he spoke with Steelers, really liked the fit there. Boston College, second round pick. Maybe he could even drop to the third, but I think he's probably a second round pick for one of the teams. I don't mind him there. I just think that there's some other players in better players in other positions that I think if he's sitting there when we're picking at 52, I think it is, or um, in the second round, do we really want him there at that position? I don't know. I'd Maybe there in the third, if he's there in the third, but I'd, I just don't think he's going to be around when still is going to be able to sort of snap him up. Um, and I don't think he's, I do not think he's worth an early second. Then you got Travis Jones out of Connecticut. He's like my sleeper in this draft. We are going to preview him on this show. Really like him out of, out of UConn. Um, tremendous when you watch him on tape, uh, what he's been able to do. I know Britsburgo and David, who's a keen listener of BTSC in this show, he's like really cottoned on to him after I've talked about him. I've talked about him with Andrew Wilbar. I love this guy. Um, this guy is fantastic. If he, he's in there in the third round, unless Mathis is sitting there, which I don't think Mathis will be at that point, you draft this guy. I mean, this guy changes your defensive line. He's, uh, he's just a fantastic player. So hopefully he doesn't – he's over injury now. I've talked about him, but um, I'm really excited for what Travis Jones can do. Then you got Charlie Kohler. Um, most people are pretty pretty much familiar with him, tied in at Iowa State. Can he, can he show up? I don't think Steelers is going to be able to draft him, but I just want to see him do well. Um in this game. Then you got Chad Muma, who I've had on my big board for a while. Um, from my he's a pretty good tackler, knowing that with the Steelers from Wyoming, one that probably a lot of not a lot of people have had access to. So can he perform? We'll see. Uh, then you've got Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa, offensive lineman, ranked number 25 on Daniel Jeremiah's top 50. You know, a lot of people have him in the first round. He seems to have really rocketed up in the last month to being one of the top tackles in the draft. I know Andrew Wilbar, um, that he features in Andrew Wilbar's article as well. Look, can he show up? But if he shows up too much, he ain't going to be there for the Steelers to pick. Uh, then you got Jalen um, Pitre out of Baylor, defensive back slash safety. He's a guy, again, maybe he's there in the second round. I don't like him as a first-round pick. I don't think he's got that grade on him. Second or third round for me. Again, I just see him being snapped up by another team that needs, you know, that's a, it's a bigger priority position for them than it is necessarily for where the Steelers are at. Then you got Desmond Ritter wearing my favorite number nine um, out of Cincinnati cornerback. Obviously, he's up there. A lot of Steelers fans want him. They like the moxie. They like the movement and mobility. Um, he's nice, probably a hybrid between Carson Strong in some ways and Mount Willis. Um, they 
you know, he plays well here, then he probably gets drafted by Washington um, or the Broncos um, with where they're picking in the draft. Then you got uh, Sanders out of Cincinnati, defensive lineman, really like an edge rusher. Uh, again, someone to watch, going to do well. I just don't – it's it's hard. You always got to talk about edge rushers because it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he's just going to be gone by the time that we probably want to pick him. It would pick even look at that position, which would be the earliest in the third round, I'd suggest. Then you got Khalil Shakir out of uh, Boise State, wide receiver. He's someone that I think is getting a bit of support. Keen to see what he can do there. And then we finish with two guys um, in Carson Strong. Um, and we also finish with Andrew Stuber out of Michigan. Andrew Stuber out of Michigan is an interesting one. Um you know, he didn't have the best game in the in the playoff there against um, Alabama. He had, like, penalties that he doesn't usually get. I'm not the best guy to probably tell you about, Stuber, but I liked a bit of what I was seeing in the college football playoffs, um, to be honest. And you're Carson Strong. Everyone knows I'm big on Carson Strong. We'll do a deep preview um, post this game. I'm glad he's jumping on more people's radars. The BTC Slack channel is probably bored endless with me talking about him. Don't worry about the knees. He tried to rush back in the season four months after an injury that usually takes 10 months. He's building that mobility. He's working with Jordan Palmer, um, you know, one of the QB, you know, sort of development guys for guys in college and guys in the league and improving them. He's more mobile than you think. He's not a statue. He moves in the pocket. But you want a quarterback to throw the ball. He... I think he's got the best arm in this class. I think Willis maybe has a lot of power, but I think right now I've got his best arm in the class because he make every throw. His deep passing is good. His touch is good. He can teardrop pass. I just think he's a fantastic... I, I, I just see him as a stealer for a decade. And, you know, you look at the numbers, you know, I could go in... I could talk about this guy for a long time. I'm going to be really heartbroken when he gets picked by someone else. Um, but 74 touchdowns, 19 interceptions in his college career, almost 10,000 yards, um, you know, with 9,379, almost half of those last year, uh, 36 touchdowns, eight interceptions. He's a great, he's a great quarterback. Give him the room to move, give him the room to do stuff. He'll do it. Uh, I'm, I just, yeah, I, lo- I love it. And Romeo Dubes, who spoke to the Steelers as well, who's really rocketed up people's boards this week as well. That was one of his wide receivers. Um, the hardest thing about Carson Strong is when you go look at tape, you got to watch him play in a bunch of blue, um, blue field stadiums, which is really hard to watch. Um, but yeah, that wraps up this week's Steelers War Room. I hope that I've helped in players that you can watch uh, on Thursday night in the East West Shrine Bowl and players you can watch um, at the Reese's Senior Bowl. It's such a fun time if you're a, a draft fiend like myself. You love these college players. There are future Steelers that are playing in these games. I'm telling you that, particularly when you think about Senior Bowl um, as well. I think there's some of these really key players um, that you've got in this sort of situation here. Enjoy the games. Even if you're just watching for highlights, even if you couldn't give two stuffs about who the Steelers draft until draft day, you're going to see a lot of movement. These are names you're going to be hearing for a long time or a lot at least up from now until draft day. But you're going to be hearing from someone for a long time uh, as they carve out their NFL careers. Uh, 
but yeah, I think probably the last thing for me to do is to probably pick a team and I'm going to like, I'd really love to pick. I think there's a lot of favorite players that I like in the American team. Um, they're pretty loaded with some of the rankings that they've got. Uh, but I just really want to see Carson Strong do well. He's obviously got Daniel Filewe there. Maybe that's your first and your second round picks for the Steelers. Um, other people might be saying, no, we want Desmond Ritter and Trevor Penning. Um, so I think I'm going to probably have to support the national side. Um, I do really like Beavers, the linebacker out of Cincinnati as well. Um, even though I previewed more players on the American side, I think I picked my team. Go Nationals uh, in this year's Senior Bowl. Um, but with that, hope you enjoyed both games. And as always, go Steelers. Go Steelers.